Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart, Stu Stewart, and Rick Kearney. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. And now, here's Earl Stewart. Good morning, everybody. I hope you believe me when I tell you that I really, truly look forward to the show. I hope you do, too. Um, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, the week goes by so fast, and when Saturday arrives, uh, Nancy and I are just all pumped up. I know Stu and Rick are pumped up, too, and we love doing what we do. i got to tell you, because we have a lot of new folks that join um, our family every Saturday morning, that we're a different show. I know everybody says they're different, um, but we are uh, unique. Uh, there's not another radio show, I don't know of a TV show, anywhere that does what we do and what we do is a candid analysis scoring uh, training recommending how to buy a car without without being ripped off by a car dealer. I hate to use that word ripped off it sounds crass but to be taken advantage of car dealers are operating as if they were still in 1955. Uh, it is really an amazing uh, phenomenon for a lot of reasons and there is a reason for that by the way it's not they're not locked in a time warp it's nothing uh, scientific it's just the fact that they're so protected by some archaic laws that have been put on the books in 50 states that allow them to pretty much do what they like and they do take advantage of people uh, the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics and professions uh, verifies this. And this Gallup poll has been taken every year since 1977. And every year, I know you regulars are tired of hearing this, but every year car dealers are at the bottom of the list. 2018, dead last in honesty and ethics, car dealerships. So when you go into a car dealership, you just never know. And more often than not, I'm sad to say, you're taken advantage of. So this show exists because the second biggest purchase you make in your life probably is an automobile, and you have to buy one every four or five or six years. Some people keep them longer than that. But when you do buy one, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars, and uh, you just don't want to make a big mistake. I'm talking a $5,000 mistake, a $2,000 mistake. I've had people call me that have paid $10,000 and more for the car than they should have. Um, fair market value oftentimes is just uh, a word in the minds of the car dealers. When you walk into a car dealership today, the salespeople are paid on commission. 99.9% .9 of the car dealerships. Typical commission is 25% of the markup that they can add to that car. That's right. It's an adversarial relationship between the car salesperson and you, the buyer. They are pitted against you. It's a it's combat in the ring. They try to charge as much as they can, and you try to buy it for as little as you can. Or if you're smart, you try to buy it for as little as you can. If you believe the car salesman, then you end up paying this huge profit. 25%. Think about this for a minute. You're going to buy a Chevrolet, and you're going to buy uh, whatever model Chevrolet you want to buy an Impala. And you go into the car dealership. And you buy a, a specific model. Let's say it's got an MSRP of uh, $29,500. Now, would you believe that if they sold five of those Impalas today, when you went in, that there'd be five different prices paid? That's right. Because chances are there'd be five different salespeople. Each salespeople, you know, each sales salesperson uh, has his own individual talent as to how he can... Uh, mark up the car to sell you as much as you can. So five different prices paid for that same car 
on the same day. And that's the way it is in every car dealership in the country virtually. I have to throw virtually in there because there's some, there's some uh, car dealerships out there now that are uh, doing an honest, putting their lowest price on each car. Very few. I'm, uh, what would it be, Stu? One-tenth of one percent, maybe? Uh, yeah, I'd if say. That, yeah. If that, yeah. Matter of fact, our mystery shopping report today is very interesting uh, because uh, we shopped one of the most reputable, large uh, perceived to be honest, and, I, and I, I let me I retract that. They are honest. They are really a good car dealership, and uh, they profess to be one price. They profess to be no dealer fee, uh, and we found a glitch in there. Not a big glitch, but we found a glitch. So a lot of car dealerships that think they're doing the right thing aren't doing the right thing, and many car dealerships that tell you they're doing the right thing don't do the right thing, and that's why we're here. Uh, I don't want to get off on a buying and leasing thing because it's also about maintaining and repairing. This gentleman sitting in my right, his name is Rick Kearney, and uh, before the show started, he fixed uh, my microphone for me. This guy can fix anything. And uh, I'm telling you, people have that innate ability, and uh, Rick's been with me for 25 plus years, and there's nothing much he doesn't know about cars. He knows about, you know, he, he knew about the cars when they were mechanical, and now he knows about cars when they're computerized. And if you have a problem with your car, you call 877-960-9960, and uh, Rick can answer the question for you, or you can text us at 772, what's the text number? 772-497-6530, that's 772-497-6530, Rick can answer any question. And next to Rick is Nancy Stewart, and Nancy has got consumer reports in her hand, it's kind of like her Bible, and we got so excited yesterday because went out the mailbox, Ma'am, there's our two hard copies. And we get consumer reports online, too, but we like to have the hard copies. We're just old-fashioned folks. We like to read. What was even more exciting is that you came up from the mailbox and you handed me my consumer report and your consumer report, which eliminates a lot of arguing back and forth and really bad things happening. You used to have to hide the knives and things like that, but uh, at any rate, uh, before we got into the Game of Thrones, we went through the consumer report. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you what, if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't gone to, you know, your your PC and uh, checked out consumer report, you can find out anything. They rate anything and everything. And like Earl said, it's our Bible. And uh, ladies, uh, if you're listening, please give us a call. Give us a call. You can win yourself $50. The first two new lady callers. That's 877-960-9960. And next in line here to the folks in the studio, the team is uh, Stu Stewart. He's my son. And uh, uh, he is... uh, I don't know how to describe it. He knows as much about the car business as I do. He just hasn't been doing it as long. And uh, he, he sees things through different uh, glasses. And uh, and I like his frames. I like your frames today. Yeah. Compliments yeah, of Warby, Warby Parker. But oh. he's our link to uh, the cyber world. And, and he's a runway model. No. Uh, somebody <laughs> take the microphone away from Nancy. <laughs> and we're on Instagram. Yes. We're on Facebook. Yes. We're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We are all over. And this is yeah. what the guy does. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's uh, our technical consultant from the sales side, just like Rick is from the uh, mechanical and the computerized side. 
because cars are going are moving along so quickly in technology, I lose track at it. I get in my car and I can only figure out about half the buttons. So this is uh, the team. You've got the mm-hmm. the uh, Earl Sterling Cars uh, team. We'd love for you to call. I see a caller has already called. Yeah. And Nancy. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Earl didn't mention it, but I too can fix a few things, whether it be in his car, my car, or in the home. I am taking a bow. Give us a call, 877-960-9960. And we are going to go to our wonderful, wonderful female caller, Tina, who spends Saturdays right here with us. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Great. Hello, Tina. Hi, and I want to say a special shout-out to everybody on Facebook this morning. Good morning, and have a great one, and I hope you enjoy the show today. Because, as always, it's going to be a fabulous show. Well, that's what we're planning on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm holding you to high expectations. The, the pressure's on. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the reason why I'm calling this morning is because, you know, I love Scotty Kilmer. He's, he's great. He's changed the channel. He's changed the format on his YouTube channel a little bit. And I like it because he rapid fires two questions. And if you have a short attention span like I do... It's it's great to just listen to his videos for three to five minutes and then get the info that you're looking for. But this video that he posted just recently is really interesting because he went in on CarMax. He was saying emphatically, do not buy a car from CarMax. You're going to pay way too much money. In some cases, you're better off buying new as opposed to buying at CarMax. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh I, I, I can't agree with that, uh, Tina. I, you know, CarMax is one of our good guys, and uh, they're not perfect, but uh, they do pretty much everything that they should do right, meaning they do mark their cars with their lowest price and gives you the opportunity to shop and compare. So if you have a car that you feel is overpriced, just don't buy it. The other car dealers that are selling used cars don't afford you the right to shop and compare because uh, they won't give you a firm price until you tell you tell them you're ready to buy. Uh, CarMax also, uh, I think they went back with a small dealer fee, didn't they, Stu? I think so, yeah. Yeah, They used to have no dealer fee. Now they have a, a small dealer it's fee. It's like 199 or something. Something like, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but they're pretty honest. Uh, uh, I think the world would be a lot happier if everybody sold used cars the way uh, CarMax did. Now, CarMax on the dangerous recall list uh, they're still selling cars with dangerous recalls, but I believe... I know that we have found one there, but to be honest with you, I don't think... It's been a while since we've, since we've been okay. back, okay. So, so we don't know. I retract that. I, we, need to, we need to verify that. Um, I do know that they uh, will certainly disclose it, and we have to find out whether they will have it repaired ahead of time or ask you to have it repaired, but... Uh, I just um, have to disagree with folks that would say CarMax is not a good place to buy a used car. Well, now, does it depend upon where in the country you live? Like, obviously, some CarMaxes are going to be much better than others, or are they pretty much standard throughout their whole uh, system with their with their dealerships? Yeah, they're they're more standard than than uh, non-standard. But you're absolutely right. Uh, any dealership owned by one entity uh, will vary from entity to entity. And I've, we've seen that uh, with uh, Mullinex Ford, and uh, we've seen that with uh, AutoNation. So you can't have absolute continuity when you have you know hundreds and 
I guess Carmax probably has thousands of stores. Rick, you had a point? Well, it, it's possible. It might have just been the, the person that Scotty Kilmer dealt with the day that he was there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, sometimes mm. you might get a guy that just, you know, or a person that is just not their best day, and yeah. things just don't go right sometimes. I will say one thing about Carmax that people don't know. Uh, this is a, kind of an insider thing. Uh, CarMax advertises they'll buy your car. Uh, you don't have to buy a car from them. And you just bring your car in. They'll appraise it. They'll give you a cash price. They'll pay for it. And they make that, they lock that price for five days. And then you can come back if you don't want to make a decision that same day. Now, on the surface, that sounds like a great thing. Here's the insider information I'm going to give you. CarMax has a very sophisticated artificial intelligence analog kind of a uh, computerized system of appraising cars and as uh, we said earlier they have hundreds and hundreds of car dealerships and if they have a 2018 white camry used white camry toyota white camry uh, and they have too many of those let's say they got they're covered up they traded too many in and you come in with a 2018 white camry to get appraised uh, they will give you an appraisal that will be way below which you could get practically anywhere else. And they do that to balance their inventory. You can't blame them, but I think the the any window that they'll pay you a fair price might be wrong. On the other hand, if they don't have any white Camrys and they want them, and you come in with a 2018 used white Camry, they will appraise that car for more than you could probably otherwise sell it for wholesale. So... Uh, I would advise anybody shopping their used car trade-in or just their car that they want to sell to go to CarMax, but always shop it with other car dealerships, used car departments. Hmm. Yeah, as always, it pays to shop. I mean, I think many people that buy cars, especially on the weekend like this, when they really need a vehicle, if they fall in love with something right away, they might not be inclined to be patient and shop it. That's the key. Be patient, shop, think about it, especially when you're dropping this much money. This is like the second most important purchase you're going to make in your life is a car. The first is a home. Wise words, Dana. So Wise you're not going to buy just any home. You don't want to buy just any car, even if it yeah. looks pretty on the outside and you fall in love with it. Don't let yourself fall in love with the vehicle. That's where people get into trouble. Great advice, Tina. Thank you very much for calling. And as always, you have got something extremely interesting. And we thank you very much. I'll, yes, I'll, Tina. Hope you can thank call you. Again next week. We love to hear from you. Yes. Uh, pointing out those two very important investments: buying a home and buying a car. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, y'all. Too. Have a good one. Thanks, Tina. Okay, we're going to go to our first female caller first time female caller and she is from philadelphia pennsylvania that's where i come from mm -hmm. pittsburgh good morning samantha good morning guys how you feeling we're hey. great thank you awesome. thanks for having me today thank you for calling did your thing i was calling today um my stuff i've listened to your show every um every saturday morning and so he inclined me to call today. Uh, it's my birthday, so we're over here in AC, and I wanted to talk about my first-time car experience with my 2012 Ford Focus. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday. you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, that was, 
No, keep going, Nancy. Let's 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 hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm still get a load out of this one. So when I first originally from Philadelphia, currently live in Allentown, I needed a car to get around because in the city, you know, you have buses and trains and just public transportation is so much more accessible. Um, but in Allentown, you definitely need a car to get around. So uh, when I first moved out here, <clears throat> my mom and my stepfather took me to go get a car, and we ended up getting a 2012 Ford Focus. And that car had just insane transmission issues. I mean, it was jerking everywhere I went. <clears throat> I mean, there was this one time where I almost got into an accident because I was on a hill. And um, it seems like, I guess, the transmission, I don't know, I guess it just slipped too much. But that's, apparently, that's a thing with that car. You know, apparently, that's, it, it just comes with the, with, the, with the car. And every time I would take it back, they would just give it a different recall or they would switch the transmission module. But it was always an issue. And, you know, I, I would never go back to that car, if I'm being quite honest. I already told my mom, I was like, you know what, I'm not doing Ford anymore. I had such, such a bad experience with that car. <laughs> well, Samantha, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, you know, Ford does build some good cars, and you can't just go by one experience. And Consumer Reports, I know people get tired of Nancy and me talking about Consumer Reports, but if you check Consumer Reports before you buy your next vehicle used or new, you can really find out those that have the least problems and the ones you're more inclined to like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely believe that. Angel, my stepfather, he has gone through so many Ford cars. Ford is his brand. So mm-hmm. he gave me the same advice, the exact same advice. I think he actually might have taken it from you. Yes. <laughs> uh, S- Samantha, <coughs> excuse me, Samantha, your, your car buying experience can be flawless. All you need to do is take, well, one of the things you need to do is just to take a look at that consumer report, and uh, <clears throat> that is going to arm you with all kinds of information, whether it's new or whether it's used. And <clears throat> there are so many uh, women-friendly dealers. You are going to have a great experience. Oh, heck yeah. I'm going to look into those. Any of those in our area over there, over here in Pennsylvania? I would say most most of them are today. I, you know, the, the, the what you have to be careful of when you go into a car dealership is not so much uh, being disrespected as being as a woman. Uh, that is pretty mm-hmm. old school, and the car dealers have learned today that's really dumb. If you want to sell a car and make a lot of money, you, you have to have the person you're trying to sell a car to like you. And when you treat somebody with disrespect uh, for any reason, it's hard to make a lot of money on that person. So. Uh, I wouldn't be so concerned about uh, whether you're a male or female. I'd be concerned about whether you're going to be taken advantage of, and that's for, where you have to mind your P's and Q's and be careful. And I know you sound like a sharp lady, and uh, it's going to be hard to take advantage of Samantha. Just be careful. You know, uh, I appreciate that. Plus, um, I take wherever we go car shopping. Angel is like the car the car man in our family. So we just went and got my uncle a vehicle. And Angel, we, as soon as we went in there, he already knew all the numbers. And he knew all about the car, so I don't think anyone can take me for a fool as long as... Good for you, Samantha. It sounds like as if you're in full control. And you're calling us on your birthday. Please stay on the line, and uh, you can uh, give uh, Rudy, who's in our control room, uh, your uh, contact information, and we'll get a $50 check out to you. There you go. (laughs) Happy, happy, happy birthday. This is the best day ever. Uh, <laughs> keep on, keep on listening and spread the word. Thank you guys. I Thanks, Samantha. It. Yes, yes, I will. Thank you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Bye bye. Give us a call toll free at eight seven seven 
960-9960. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Rick. You know, you said it was going to be a good positive day today. There we go. Yeah, Positivity. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I did. I declared this National uh, Non-Negativity Day. No negativity on May 4th. And there it's easy go. to remember because tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. So the day before Cinco de Mayo, nobody has a negative thought there or a negative go. comment. That's right. you got to get in a good mood for, yep. for, uh, for, for Cinco de Mayo. Ladies and gentlemen, we have prepared for the show this morning and that holiday. Uh, if you can see real close here, everyone's got a bottle or a cup. We are enjoying our tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking around. What are you, what are you going to say? I, I, I have, nobody. I don't have a cup. I have a venti roast. <laughs> well, roast. Listen, uh, listen, we got a couple of texts I see on Stu's notepad there. Yeah, yeah, we do. We have a couple uh, that came in early on. And the first one is from... Oh, I don't think of a name on this one. But uh, it's a, Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Irma G. from Tampa. Hmm. Um, I took my 2006 Honda CRV and found that it was my power steering pump leaking. $1,000 to fix. Belt had oil all over it too. Anyway, I had already spent $1,000 at a local repair shop. I told him I thought it was the pump. Anyway, leased a Honda CRV. Talk to us about leasing, pros and cons. Thank you so much for all your advice. That's from Irma. Very good. So she wants to hear about leasing, pros and cons. Very good. Wow. Pros and cons, or she would like us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the pros, pros and cons are that rule of thumb: buy the car and don't lease it. I like to give simple answers. Sometimes they're simplistic, and they're not totally accurate. But uh, if you do your research and shop and compare a price on a car, you're more likely to get a good price than if you lease. Lease has too many hidden uh, mine, hidden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Booby traps is the word I'm searching for. Yeah, and I could go through that list and I could put you to sleep. Yeah, it's endless. Uh, with a when you're buying a car, you get three competitive prices on an out the door price, and you are going to get a good deal. Simple as that. With a lease, there's too many ways they can manipulate you. Yeah. But if you're sophisticated and sharp and you do your homework, you can get just as good a deal on a lease as you can on a purchase price. There is no inherent advantage over either. Used to be, years ago, people leased cars because of cash flow, meaning it was a lease cash out of pocket. That was businesses largely. They also liked leases because they didn't show on their balance sheets, negatively affecting their borrowing ability with the banks. So there are a lot of business kind of things with leases. Those don't exist anymore because everybody, the car dealers, the manufacturers, when they advertise a lease price, hidden in the fine print is a large down payment. So if you're going to come $5,000 out of pocket or $10,000 out of pocket, What's the advantage to leasing anymore? No cash flow advantage. So go ahead and buy the car. That way you build equity. Boy, did we cover that topic at the we seminar. And the, uh, the worst part of leasing for seniors like us, most of the people that I spoke to were stuck in a lease because their significant other passed away and they were unable to get out of it. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said about uh, leasing. Okay, if you're going to uh, post on Facebook, we're at... Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. You can tweet us, and of course, uh, any way you want to. Periscope is another way you can. And YouTube. YouTube is big. I think. Do we have another text there? Yeah, we have a couple more. One just popped in. Um, This is Hi, Earl. uh, Steve from New Jersey. 
I listen to your show every Saturday morning and follow your blog. Thanks for protecting us consumers. FYI, on YouTube, there's a guy named Steve Richards who teaches old-school car sales techniques. <laughs> I just viewed his customer threatens to shop around video. It's <laughs> dreadful to watch, but highly educational uh, to better understand what to look out for. Yeah. Please continue to fight the good fight. Yeah. Thanks, it's funny. Steve. There's an insider um, network. You know, social media, we think about it as our weapons to arm us with yeah. knowledge and protect us. But car salesmen are using it, too. Uh, uh, there's a there's a group called 30 Sales a Month, 30 Cars a Month. And I monitor that. I'm a member, and I just go in to see what's going on. And the chit-chat between professional car salespeople is just like what, uh, was mentioned by the by the texture there, uh, they they tell people how to take advantage of other people when they're buying a car, and how do you counter the argument? Uh, if someone comes in to buy a car, imagine wanting to take a couple extra days to think about buying a forty thousand dollar product. I mean, they expect you and they want you and they will pressure you to buy the car the same day you walk in. So what this gentleman was referring to is, if you're a car salesman, how do you trick that buyer? into buying right away because what's going to happen if he walks out oh it's terrible yep. he's going to get lower prices if you give him a price which you, you probably control. won't lost so, all control a lot of fun so uh, I think I stumbled onto a video it might be the same guy I was just messing around on YouTube and there was a guy that was explaining the four square selling technique really and he had it on a whiteboard and he, he just he nailed it and it, but it, I don't think it was for salespeople. It was it was a, a consumer advice thing. He says this is how you get ripped off at a car dealership, and it was a really thought. I'm going to look it up so we can share it with the listeners. Um, mm, interesting. Off the top of my head, I can't remember who, who put it up there, um, but we do have another text that came in. Uh, this is from Karen. Um, I think we spoke about this last week, but it's a uh, it's a good question. Um, we can talk about it again. It says, if I buy a car that takes premium gas, will it harm the engine if I use regular gas? And we had kind of a, a little debate between Earl and Rick on that, and so I'll, I'll turn it over to these guys and we can open the debate up again. <laughs> <coughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll say my bit is that you can't hurt a car if you happen to use regular gas and premium. You can affect its, uh, it, it could affect its performance and it could affect the fuel economy, but in terms of blowing the engine up, it's not going to happen. My advice is and i'm a layperson i'm gonna let the expert uh come in on this uh if you don't hear any pings or you don't detect any engine problems or performance problems go ahead and use the regular and i suppose if you kept the car for 20 years that might be in effect but rick what's your comment actually you're you've got the nail on the head um the only thing you're going to see is a minor loss in performance and if you're driving a car that you want peak performance from it, then you would need to use that premium fuel. And I'd recommend you use it all the time to avoid any issues with the computer getting its learned memory values set to where it's going to run on that lower fuel. Would that affect fuel economy also? Uh, it can have a negative effect on the fuel economy. But it again, we're talking... A half a percent, maybe a one percent fuel yeah. economy change. So if your obvious is to save money, and there's a significant difference between regular and high test, you're uh, going to save more by using regular. You're going to save money. Yeah, you know, you just I got this is totally off the subject, but Nancy and I were talking yesterday, and there was something in Consumer Reports that just blew my mind. I think it'll blow your mind too. Did you know that if you're driving a car, Consumer Reports tested this with a bicycle rack and a bicycle on it. Guess what percentage fuel economy you suffer as a result? 
Oh, you can't answer, Nancy, because you know. I'm going to say 30%. You're both very close, 36%. Wow. Whoa. That's a lot more than I thought. Can you believe, and you see them all over, I'll bet you these people yeah. out there with these bikes on their cars and the racks, 36%, that's over a third. Yeah. I mean, if you're going on a trip, forget about it. It costs you a fortune. That's, Do you know how many I guess it's the airflow across that thing yeah. holding you back and mm-hmm. the weight. If it was any other source but Consumer Report, I wouldn't believe it. But they tested it, and they know. Wow. Yeah, well, we've talked about it so many times. Yeah. You know, there are people that have their trunks loaded, oh, yeah. and they just don't realize how it impacts their fuel economy. And then with the things that they stack on the oh, yeah. roof, it, it's just incredible. Yeah, personal experience uh, – 30 years ago, I took a cross-country trip uh, in a Corolla, which even back then got great gas mileage. We had a U-Haul, um, like one of those box storage things up on the roof, oh. and oh, it, yeah. cut the, it cut the fuel economy in half. You know, it usually would take me, I could get to Gainesville from West Palm Beach on a full tank of gas. I had, I had to fill up halfway, so it cut it 50%. Yep. Wow. I was a crazy teenager then. It's, it's <laughs> the weight and the airflow. You're still crazy. <laughs> How are we doing on the text? Anybody got a text? Huh? We're caught up. Uh, do we have any on YouTube? Not so far. Gonna... Uh, a couple comments, but just folks saying good morning, checking in, saying okay, hi. Okay, we we do have a call. I didn't see Robin. Uh, we're, we uh, we've got a great show uh, going on, ladies and gentlemen, as usual. And uh, stay tuned for that mystery shopping report and so much more. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. We are going to go to Stewart, where Robin is waiting to speak to us, and she's a first time caller. Good morning, Robin. Hi. How are you? Hey. Good morning. We're well, thank you. Do I need to turn my speaker off? Uh, we we hear you pretty clearly, Robin. Uh, do you have any comments about the show or questions? Or, you know, you, you qualify for first-time caller, $50 cash just because you called. But uh, if you have anything okay. you'd like to chit-chat with us about, we'd love to hear. Uh, yeah, I have a few questions, but I'll just try one. Um, when I went to get my oil changed a few a couple months ago, they, they sucked all the oil out somehow instead of just draining it and i just wondered is that good for the car to do that's the first time they ever did it that way like a vacuum thing where did you go for that service robin i've heard i I don't know if i should say (laughs) it was one of those local you know those local independent juvie local change places Mm -hmm. uh Many, many years ago, I saw heard about this. where some companies had made a device that you supposedly put a tube down through the dipstick of the engine, and it would supposedly, it would siphon all the oil out. Uh, my concern about that is, hmm. yeah, you're, you're trying to get a, a very small tube down through a very small metal tube that's got twists and turns to it. And I'd just be concerned about how well it would work and whether it would actually get all the oil out because that old dirty oil is kind of thick. My preference really is for remove the drain plug like it's supposed to, let the old oil drain, replace the gasket, and put a new put the drain plug back in and change the filter and move on. But Yeah, Robin, um, I'd say don't go back to that place. This guy here, Rick Kearney, has been in the business 25-plus years, and if he hasn't ever heard of something, chances are something you shouldn't be having done to your car. I recall being approached by a vendor um, asking about it and then getting the advice of our technicians that said, no, no, don't do not do that. That's yeah. not a good way to change yeah, oil. I don't like the idea of that. Yeah. I just don't feel like it it's would. It's gimmicky, I think. 
Yeah, it's not going to be guaranteed to get as much of the oil out as it should be. Like that gra- one sounds like gra- a, let gravity do its job. Yeah. They're probably charging you extra for it too. Uh, they're probably trying to justify a, a higher charge than you should you should make. But uh, thanks very much, Robin. That's uh, valuable information. Yeah. We haven't heard of that. Nope. And uh, okay. if uh, any of you folks out there have been taken advantage of in that manner, uh, stay away from. Use the old-fashioned way to drain your oil, which is just take the drain plug out and let the oil run out. The right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and it took them, like, really long to do it, too. It was, like, half an hour just to dra- get it all out or wow. something. So it wasn't... Do, do you mind telling us what they... Go back. Do you mind telling us what they charged you for that oil change? I, I think it was just the normal price that I would have paid, but mm-hmm. I don't think they charged me any extra, but... I got you. It was really... took a long time, and I, I went somewhere else the next time. I don't blame you. Uh, uh, Robin, were you able to uh, watch them perform that uh, that oil change? Well, yeah, I was sitting in my car while they were doing it, and I saw them. I asked them what the, why they were doing it that way, and they said they were doing that to all the kind of exotic cars. And mine's just a Kia Sportage, so it's not really exotic, I didn't think. <laughs> but That that almost sounds they, like they're trying to save money by, by, by doing a, a bit of a shade tree method that although it doesn't do a proper job for you, Maybe it saves yeah. them a little bit of money because they don't have to have somebody down in the bottom of the car trying to get to the drain plug and remove it and all that. So, yeah, that, that sounds uh, – I, I think that would fall under that category of if it sounds too good to be true, that one probably is. And I, I'd stay away from that. Okay. All I can say is the, the name of the company starts with a V. Okay. V. Mm. Yeah. Valvoline. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stu. Stu's on the case now. No, I'm just guessing. <laughs> is, is that, Robin, is that right up there in uh, your neighborhood up there in Stewart? Well, well, I work in Stewart, and I live in uh, Lower Lake Park. So okay. So you had, that, Lake Park. you had that done in Delray? Well, Lake Park. Um, it's close to Palm Beach Gardens. Okay. Okay. Ah. Interesting. Well, anything else we can help you with today, Robin? Oh, well, well, my tire pressure monitoring system, um, why does that always go, when it gets cold, it always lights up and, and i got to go put air in my tires every other day in the cold weather. Yeah, it, unfortunately, that's, that's science. Um, when the air gets cold, it gets co- more compact. It's simply temperature versus pressure, and so the pressure goes down. Uh, we see a slew of these every time we get an, an air temperature drop in the winter time. Cars come in continuous yeah. with tire light on, and all we do is bump the pressures up a little bit, and you're fine. Okay. It's it's a yeah, normal thing. Huh? Yeah, that's great that you're uh, keeping an eye on that tire pressure, Robin. That's a you know that has a whole lot of benefits, uh, Robin. Thank you so much for calling, and don't forget to stay on the line and give us your contact information. And please spread okay. the word. We're trying to build a platform here for the ladies. Also, have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you for all your information. You're quite welcome. We're going to go to John in Palm City, who is one of our favorite callers. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Hey, John. Uh, my concern today is to appeal to listeners with two very important recalls. Uh, Some people know about it. 
others don't. Well, first one is the Cadillac SRX, which is the SUV, from 2010 to 2015. The recall is problem with the to do with the headlights. It's a defective component that when you're driving, you know, with the headlights on, they totally fail or they dim. Ooh. This has been going on for a while, and GM is not issuing a, a um, regular recall. So last month in Detroit, the people uh, uh, grouped together and they put a uh, lawsuit, class action. And it's a big problem. I mean, it covers from five years, 2010 to 2015, and it's pretty serious that some of them even afraid to use their cars because all of a sudden you're driving sure. and you have no headlights. So uh, shame on GM for not issuing a full reef call on it. And the second one has been going on since 2017 is the BMW, the 3 Series, the 5 Series, and the Z4s of the 2006 model years. They actually catch on fire. Wow. This is worse in South Florida. It's something to do with moisture. Uh, Rick could probably explain it more. It, the moisture gets into a crankcase ventilation system, valve heater, which is plastic. The plastic deteriorates, and it leads to a short, and whether the car is running or it's shut off in your garage, it goes on fire. And on wow, May good. 28th this month, which is a Tuesday, 925,000 notices are being sent to the owners of these cars. But the big problem is many of these 206 cars have changed hands, and I don't sure. think they're going to find or locate all the new owners of it. They won't. Very yep. serious problem, mm. and the car totally burns, goes on fire, and it makes no difference whether it's running at the time or it's shut off and it's in your garage at night. It burns. So I just want to put a uh, red flag, a caution to the people. But it's oh. serious enough to get a... 925,000 car notice out, and this started in um, 2017, which BMW was aware of this, and they had complaints at that time of 185,000 vehicles, and um, very serious. So I just want to point it out to people, these Next two time. major recalls. Yeah, BMW barbecue. Well, it's like uh, playing Russian roulette buying a car these days, John. I can't believe that... Uh, uh, there's never been more recalls since I've been a car dealer over 50 years. I've never seen anything like it. And it's a percentage thing, too, just not absolute numbers. And every car that comes out seems like no matter the manufacturer, there's recalls everywhere. And then NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety, they're not defining some of these things as serious enough for recalls. You mentioned the headlamp on the Cadillac, John. What could be more dangerous than driving in a, on a pitch-dark night and you're going around a corner and suddenly your headlights go out? Not only can't the other cars see you, you can't see the other cars. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Somebody needs to uh, take control of this whole recall thing and get some order out of it. We're, you know, a lot of lives are being lost as a result of it. Absolutely. And to make it worse, I mean, these are not cheap cars. This is not a Kia or a Hyundai. Exactly. I mean, this is Cadillacs and BMWs. So exactly. it's mm -hmm. 
it's very serious. Exactly. Well, John, thank you so much. Yeah, well, thanks for the update, John. I was looking for a picture. We had a, we had a picture of John mm-hmm. and Nancy and I at the Seniors versus Crime, and uh, I can't find the picture, but oh, we, I'll find it. We're going to stream this on Facebook. I know you're not on Facebook, John, but uh, we'll stream it so we'll. Everybody will know what a what a handsome guy I you are. I was so happy to see what John looked like. Yeah, yeah. he looked great, John. By the uh, way, yeah. well, I'll tell you, he drove all the way from Palm City. That was just we were so yeah. impressed. Yeah, so nice that he thought so much of us. John, thanks so much, and have a great weekend. And thanks for that update. And uh, there's uh, some information in the uh, June edition of Consumer Report about headlights, and they've been in the news a lot. And uh, it's a dangerous situation that needs fixed. We're going to go to Boca, and uh, we're going to talk to John. Good morning, John. Well, it's Joe, but that's close. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Oh, hey. Uh, Earl, uh, what I would like to know is taking the average car, excluding cubes and Lamborghinis, what does the dealer expect to make as a net, 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 net profit? In other words, that's including variable costs, fixed costs, uh, holdbacks, everything. When you do your books at the end of the year and you take your profit and divide it by the number of cars sold, what does a dealer expect to make as his bottom line profit? Well, that's a great uh, question. Stu just uh, uh, sent me a note here. For Toyota, it's $400. And I know that that sounds um, incredulous. How, you can, how could a car dealer only make $400? The sad part about that $400 is that that $400 is an average made up of uh, this customer that paid that dealer a $5,000 profit and this other uh, person that paid him a $100 profit, uh, it's an average. And so uh, net profit after commissions and after expenses is only $400. It is mind-boggling. There's also a gross profit figure that's higher than that, but when you add all the overhead and the other expenses, the average Toyota dealer only makes $400 on a new car. You mentioned Lamborghini. That's a different story. Mercedes. That's what I say. You have to exclude them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, luxury, luxury car. Yeah, I would say you know for imports. Uh, I mean, this, this is just my field of expertise. You know, Honda, Toyota, things like that. You're around four hundred dollars. Yeah. There's some doing better than that. But remember this: they really hose you in the F and I department. So we're saying that you only. We're not counting the finance and insurance profit in that number. So when we say four hundred bucks, they'll make a thousand. No, no, well, that's what no, I'm talking are. about. I'm talking about uh, we net, are. net, net, net. Oh, oh well, that includes. That's okay. the end of the day. Everybody gets paid. That's what you. That's what you take home. <laughs> okay. So after your count, Earl, F&I, okay. Earl yeah. I have to say this, Earl. I have. I love your show, and I believe everything that you have said since I start watching you day one. But this, I, I really, truly cannot believe. Well, that's 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 it. Yes, You got your name down as John as Joe, right? Joe, yes. Joe, here's here's why, and I know a lot of people find that hard to believe. Uh, the car manufacturers are largely responsible for this. Car manufacturers, they make a hundred percent of the price when they sell a car to a car dealer. Uh, they build the car. They set the price. We don't haggle and hassle with Toyota as a Toyota dealer. You don't negotiate with General Motors if you're a General Motors dealer. The price of the car is the price of the car. General Motors and a lot of the other manufacturers will make as much as ten dollars or $14,000 on the price of the car when they sell it to the dealer, especially on your vans, SUVs, pickup trucks. That's where they make the big money. They don't make the money on the cars, you know, the sedans, but they make them on the big money. Now, because that's where they make so much money, 
they've got to sell more cars. And to sell more cars, they have to pressure the dealers to sell more cars. So if you want to be a car dealer, you have got to hit your quota. Every car dealer, based on his geographical location, population density, where he, li- where he has his business, has a quota. Uh, at uh, my dealership, uh, our quota is what uh, average about 275 cars a month. Yeah. About 275 cars a month. If we average 275 cars a month, we yeah. are at 100% of our quota. If you don't hit your quota, then you are penalized by Toyota and all the other manufacturers do the same thing. So the other car dealers that hit their quota are being paid bonuses. If you hit 110% of your objective, you had even more of a bonus. If you had 120% of your objective, you get even more of a bonus. So the dealers are fighting each other tooth and nail to sell cars. And this is good for the buyer. And that's the reason the average Toyota profit is only $400. If a car dealer sells 100 cars uh, and you multiply it by 400, and he's got this edifice that he spent $8 million for, uh, the numbers just don't uh, reconcile with each other. Well, Joe, for, oh, don't don't forget yeah. about the service department, yeah, the, the parts department. Yeah, and just just you know, all the overhead that's that's an expense. So that's that's af- it, yeah. after the rent is paid, the electric bills paid, every commission, every technician, yeah. everything. At the end of the day, the profit to the dealer is uh, roughly four hundred dollars a well, car. Well, that's why my is. that's why yeah. my question was net 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 net. That's that, taking that everything is the net. into consideration. And that's not even <laughs> after taxes. I don't want to belabor this point. That's before but taxes. Just, yeah. uh, but thank you, any help for the time. Yeah. Joe, last thing, thank you for the call. Yeah. Just should add that that $400 does not include income, uh, income tax, Correct. so you have to pay Uncle Sam uh, 30% of that. So you're really, the net net net, as you say, is about $320. Correct. Uh, just uh, full disclosure, last year at the end of 2018, our average, our profit per new Toyota last year was $443. That was pretty close. And and we're in a group here, and, they, and we measure ourselves against other Toyota dealers. The benchmark... Uh, was uh, $477. So yeah. we, we were a little bit lower than we should be, yeah. um, but that's... Uh, and Toyota is lower than almost any other car, oh, sure. uh, uh, any other manufacturer, because Toyota, as a manufacturer, is more aggressive, yeah. and they are volume-minded, they have a good product, and that's the reason the, the, the actual net profit is low. Now, don't get the idea, you folks listening out there, that if you go in and buy a Toyota, you're only going to pay the dealer a $400 net profit. Uh, that's not going to happen unless you negotiate, get an out-the-door price, and shop and compare. <coughs> so you're going to you're going to pay. You could pay that dealer uh, a $4,000 profit if you're not careful, mm-hmm. Rick. If they listen to our show enough and pay attention and yes. do what you tell them to do. Yes they may pay a $300 profit. Exactly. That is true. Um, and also, just to bear in mind, a lot of that for Toyota dealers, a lot of that profit is coming from incentives, and they're not necessarily on markups on the cars. So exactly. we have a, a very large portion of our profit comes from Toyota. Yeah, most of our profit, all of our profit, yeah. basically. Uh, if you take if you take the performance challenge money, most of it anyway. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, uh, thanks for calling. That was an excellent uh, Thank you pleasure. for taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate you. it. Give us a call again, Joe. We're going to go to West Palm Beach, uh, where John is holding. Uh, good morning, John. How can we help you? John in West Palm Beach, do we still have you there? If not, we apologize for disconnecting you. If you'll call back in, we would uh, love ben to talk here. to you. And there I guess the phone might be ringing now. Hi, John. 
I'm here. Hey. Good. Well, uh, how can we help you? I'm here. <laughs> okay. I don't necessarily have a question for this week, but I, I am inquisitive about the callers last week. Linda, she was shopping for that Murano Platinum, and she mentioned that she had a Trans Am. I w- if she's listening, I would love to find out what year Trans Am she had and did it, was she going to use it for a trade-in. Oh. Linda, if you're out there, send me a text, <laughs> 772-497-6530, or call in. And remember, I don't know what it, but, and, and I, I've called before, and I've never had a chance to tell you that or remember, uh, I'm going to help you in two years uh, with your quota, because you, you've won uh, my trust, and uh, that, that's where we'll be shopping in two years when we go to get a few more cars. Well, thank you very much, and if you're looking <laughs> for a Trans Am or any other kind of a strange car, low supply, high demand car, yeah. Auto Trader, as long as you expand your geographic search area, you'll probably find just about any car. I still remember the day you pulled up in the driveway, and I was probably eight years old, and there was a black Trans Am with a giant Firebird on um, uh, sticker on the hood, just yeah. like just like Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. Best day of my life. <laughs> okay. What memories? We're... That's great. Yeah. Eight seven seven. I forgot the number. Nine six zero ninety nine sixty. We're going to go to Marv, uh, who's been uh, holding in Loxahatchee. Welcome to the show, Marv. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I was at your seminar, and I really enjoyed it. it was terrific. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. I think this is probably for Rick. It's a quick question. Rick, uh-huh. we have a 2007 Honda Civic um, four-door sedan. Um, the sun visors are broken. The sun visors flop down. They won't stay up. They don't have that spring that holds them up. Is that unusual or what? Actually, that's not that's an issue we've seen on a lot of Toyotas, especially on Camry. Uh, the the sun visors, that, that tension piece that's supposed to hold it up in place fails. And unfortunately, the only real fix for it is replace the sun visor. That's what I was told. And um, you can't get them anywhere but at the dealer. Right. Yep. Now there's, there's a chance, Marv, that you might be able to get a, a used one. I mean, these uh, there's there's some very sophisticated. We used to call them junkyards, but now they're these big big companies and uh, they're recycle yards. Sue might have found one there for uh, you. Well, Jonathan and the control room who does our live video uh, feed, he sent me a, a website. It says it's it's Hemmings. It's the world's largest collector car collector marketplace. So you can go on there and look for parts mm. for classic cars on it, and it's Hemmings.com. It's H-E-M-M-I-N. NGS.com. Well, I would, uh, Marv, what I do, I'd go on Google. Uh, if you got somebody in the family that's Google savvy or you're Google savvy, I just put in Sun Visor 2007 Honda Civic and see what yep. pops up. It is so amazing what Google can find for you. You might be able to find a used one at a real good price. Because I'll tell you, I called Honda <laughs> and they wanted. <laughs> Are you uh, ready? Arm and a leg. Eight. Eighty eighty four dollars a piece. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. Cra- crazy, yeah. That is absolutely insane. It is. Hey, hey Marv, if way, you want I, a real when treat, I the, well, I have you on the phone. Maybe you could tell me why are parts prices, and for that matter, service prices, so expensive at the dealer. Uh, we wonder the same thing as a as a dealer. The manufacturers uh, make a huge markup on parts. And uh, it's because they can, and they have yep. a captive audience. Uh, they build the cars, they build the parts, and if you want to buy an original equipment part, you have to pay the, the price. Uh, 
the uh, markup on the average uh, dealership for a part is 40%. That's a huge markup. And a lot of dealers will mark up their parts over 40%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, they have a uh, parts pricing matrix, and it's uh, based on the markup is based on like how fast the parts are sold. So if yeah. you have a part that's not used a whole lot, like maybe a water pump, that could be marked up hundreds of percent, and uh, uh, like oil filter, not so much. Exactly. If you no. get on, the, if you're buying anything, whether it's a sun visor or any part on a car, it is mandatory that you do a lot of sh phone shopping. Get on that phone, call every Honda dealer. Uh, you know, be something small, they could ship it to you. I'd call Honda dealers uh, in Orlando or wherever you want to call them. If you get five different prices on a part on a new Honda or used Honda for that matter, or any car, you'll probably get five different prices. Every parts department has a different price. Now, there's a great place to buy parts, and it is the biggest in the country, and I'm, my mind's going blank. Yes. Uh, and it'll, we'll get this for you. We, we well, struggle with this about once a month. <laughs> there's Rock Auto is a good Rock one. Rock Auto. Hey, bless your heart. Yep. The youngest the, guy I got the answer. I, I needed a. Uh, Are you younger I than me? I needed a windshield one washer week. pump for for a Kia. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. A windshield <laughs> washer pump is a tiny little thing. They wanted fifty bucks yep. at the dealer. So I did go with Rock Auto and I got it. There you go. Rock Auto and even Amazon, uh, Marv, has uh, got some prices. I, I, have, uh, I have inside information being fed to me secretly on uh, oh my yeah? text messages. So J.C. Whitney was one. We uh, talk about that sometimes on, on the air. Uh -huh. And also Jonathan said there's one called youneedapart.com, and that's just with the letter U, needapart.com, and you put in a part, and de 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 dealers will contact you with an offer that allows you to price shop. Wow. Yeah. Youneedapart.com. I love that, it. Yeah. That was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Marv, you see what the synergy is? Well, you called here with an excellent question. The manufacturers are gouging the public on pro parts prices. They're gouging the dealers. You know, my biggest pet peeve is what they charge for uh, remote keys. Yeah. You know, for mm. a, mm. Jeff Doss is loading his shotgun right now. Yeah. He's, com <laughs> he's coming over to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, our parts yeah. manager. But folks. we found a machine that can make those keys for us cheaper than Toyota sold them to us. The one that always gets me... Hubcaps. Hubcaps, yeah. Simple wheel cover hubcaps that you can go to Walmart or Discount Auto Parts, and for $30 you buy a set of four, but you go in and try to buy a hubcap that's a 15 inch hubcap that it has that Toyota emblem on it and is made to look like the other three on your car. Yeah. Try $100 in some cases or more. Yeah. For a hubcap, it's folks. Ter terrible. That's crazy. Ugh. Yeah. Marv, great question. Thank you very much. You know the uh, the it, the car, the exterior of the car is red. The interior is is like a tan or a beige, mm -hmm. and and it would have to match. Yeah, the color would have to match. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, okay. Thank you very much. I well, appreciate it. I'll get back to you another time. I oh, appreciate thank it. Call you. again. We would really appreciate Thanks, it, Marv. Have yes. a great day. Please do eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us, and we would love to hear from you when we um, talk about the Mystery Shopping Report. You can text us uh, with your thoughts 772-497-6530. Rick, is the hubcap location still on Military Trail? It was huge. The and they had, hubcap warehouse? Yeah. They, are it's they still, still there. The, bright pink building. Yep. They've been there for a lifetime. Okay, back to the recovering car Is that dealer. where the kids sell all the hubcaps they steal on the street? Yep. Okay. <laughs> now, we got a bunch of texts over there, don't we, Stu? Yeah, we got a few that piled up. Um, first one comes from Barry G. in Palm Beach Gardens. 
Barry says, gas prices are going up again. National average is $2.89. In Florida, it's a little lower, $2.78, but in Palm Beach County, it's higher, $2.85. With summer driving season approaching, what tips can you give to help improve fuel efficiency? Take your bicycle rack and bicycle <laughs> off your car. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what, and we, what if prompted you just, If you just tuned in, uh, I was knocked over. Uh, I couldn't believe when I read Consumer Reports' latest issue. A bicycle rack with a bicycle on it on a car decreases your fuel economy by 36%. But, uh, you know, they, there's a lot of things you can do. You drive sanely, uh, unlike I, the way I drive. You uh, accelerate slowly uh, when you're approaching a stoplight. Uh, you don't rush up and stop the car. You coast to the stoplight, which makes me very mad if I'm behind you. But, <laughs> but uh, not if today. If you don't mind. Not uh, today. Uh, uh, yep, that's uh, uh, right. Uh. It's May the 4th. Yep. Uh, May the 4th. You're fined. No negativity day. <laughs> May the fourth be with but, you. Uh, I think it, we all know if we, drive, if we drive slowly, steadily, on uh, no jerks, no accelerations, and no sudden deceleration, you can you can save a lot. Uh, Rick Kearney, who often tests cars for our customers, will drive their car home and back, and we'll have customers coming in and saying that they're only getting 25 miles per gallon. Rick will test the car, and he'll get 32 miles per gallon. It's just a matter of knowing how to drive. Absolutely. The number one thing, put your car on a diet. Take the junk out of your trunk. If there's something you're carrying around in the car that you don't absolutely need it that day. Bodies. Take it. it well, those now those bodies, just get in touch with me afterwards, after the show. Exactly. I've got a friend out in this, the Everglades there. We can get rid of those for you. Thank you. But it, it, except for, like, you know, the things that you need, your spare tire, you know, the basics. If you're carrying a lot of extra weight in your car, that's going to cut your fuel economy. And like Earl said, that bike rack on the back with the bicycle. Forget about it. Hey. You know, it's a, it's amazing how your car is affected by drivers. Everyone that drives your car. I mean, such wear and tear on your car. I was reading an article to you yesterday about a gentleman who couldn't afford a car. So he went out and he bought a BMW and he rented it out to everyone on this earth. And that's how he made his car payment. Very interesting. Wear and tear. Ride sharing ahead of his time. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we got some more text over here. Yep, uh, we have a follow-up. This is to the this is the same. This is Barry G. About who asked us about gas. Uh, follow-up question: Love bugs. How can you prevent them from sticking? I think Barry's going on, going on a trip this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Love bugs. How can you prevent them from sticking to the car? And how can you clean them off without damaging your paint? Number one thing before you go on a trip: detail your car or have it detailed with a good coat of carnauba yep. wax. And any time that you stop, find a hose and rinse off the car. When you, if you're on the yeah, turnpike Carnuba, and they have those Carnuba sprayers. Carnuba is not a brand name. Carnuba is right. an ingredient. It's an C-A- ingredient. C-A-R-N-U-B-A, and it's an ingredient in wax. The more Carnuba, C-A-R-N-U-B-A, in the wax, the better the wax is. Yep. Now, my own personal preference, and I've got a silly reason for this, I like Mother's California Gold Car Wax. And the simple reason, it's a good, high-quality wax, but if I'm going to be out there myself putting this stuff on, rubbing it on, waiting, polishing it back off, it has a nice cherry fragrance to it. a lovely name. So it's it's a pleasant fragrance. What's not to like about mothers? Exactly. Very good. But get the love bugs off quickly. 
a good coat of wax as a protector and then wash them off quickly. Don't let them stay on your car and it's the best you can do. Unfortunately, nature's little destructive well, I won't go any farther with yeah. my descriptions there. but Okay, we got another text over here. <laughs> we did. This is from Johnny in Riviera Beach. Uh, John says, Earl, what do you know about Car Drop? Car Drop, who claims to be the largest independent car buying center in South Florida and will, gu- and will guarantee to give you more money for your car than their competitor, CarMax. Interesting uh, phenomenon we're seeing now with buying people's cars. Uh, a lot of them are doing some heavy advertising. Uh, we found out the other day that Carvana, is this an, uh, right, Stu? Carvana was paying crazy money for cars. It was a fair amount, uh, but what was crazy about it was that they picked it up. We spoke to a guy that we know for um, th- with an uh, uh, associated company, and yeah. he decided to sell his Tacoma to Carvana. He did it on his phone. He said he had a great experience. It was super easy to do. Um, and then... He, ch- uh, they gave him a number within two minutes of him entering the information, and then he uh, set up a, a, a pickup date of Saturday, and uh, he felt he felt he he needed to change his tires and fix a crack in his windshield before they got there. Well, the guy showed up from Carvana, had him sign some uh, some paperwork, gave him a check, never looked at the car, so he feels like it was unnecessary unnecessary yeah. for him to change the tires. So, so, the, so it's crazy. The, the answer is with all these car buying services including Carmack, CarMax and Carvana and what was the one that the texter had? Car Drop. Car Drop and there's another one WeBuyAnyCar.com uh, they're just proliferating partially because of big data we have now for the first time in my life as a car dealer enough data available on all used car sales and transactions that most car dealers including us were buying cars online sight unseen if you'd asked me 25 years ago if i'd buy a used car online sight unseen i'd say you're out of your mind but that's the way car dealers are buying cars used cars of all things have become a commodity and you can safely buy a car online now and with the um, you know with the agreement that the price will be validated by certain criteria, you're safe to buy it because it has to fit the description that you write the check for. So it, it, you are protected. So what's happening is people are aggressively going out there and trying to buy cars and then turning around and reselling them. It's like a commodity. So it's like apples. You know, everybody knows what or soybeans or wheat. You have futures markets. You know what it's worth. So by wheeling and dealing and buying cars today, you can buy them from company A or dealer A, sell them to dealer B or company B, and and if you move fast enough, you can make a profit by flipping the car. It's and this benefits you, the consumer. So. When you're trading in a car now, you have no excuse not to get several bids. Get a bid from Carvana, Carvana. Get a bid from CarMax. Get a bid from the make, manufacturer, dealer, used car department. Uh, you can get half a dozen or more bids and take the high bid, and you're really getting a good value for your used car. That's right. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven. Six five three zero. Now back to Stu. We have our regular texter Anne Marie. Uh, she says good morning. Good morning. Airlines have black boxes on their planes. I was wondering, since there are so many computers and cars nowadays, do new cars have the equivalent of black boxes that tracks what's going on with the car and how it's driven? Thanks, Anne Marie. 
We Rick. sure do. Yep. And, uh, oh, yes. We talk about <laughs> Toyotas. Uh, uh, Rick is very familiar with Toyotas, but all the manufacturers have some form of a black box on the car. There's a lot of controversy about the black boxes because it's a privacy issue. Uh, insurance companies are big on having black boxes because if you have a black box that the insurance company wants you to use, then they can tell you how fast you drive the car, uh, if there was an accident, did you t- hit the brakes, uh, what did you do? They know everything about Correct. the operation of the car. Now, they don't have a cockpit voice recorder unless you install Amazon Alexa in your car. Right. Oh. <laughs> Can you install Amazon Alexa in your car? Yeah, there's some cars that are, that's some um, being cars, offered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but or you just can't do, do it, huh? Or do we? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> so, uh, is so the the lawyers are involved in this. The manufacturers involved in this. The owners involved in this. So Anne Marie depends on the car manufacturer and what they they do. Uh, for a while, going way back, they were very secretive about it. And they would install the black box, and nobody knew where it was. Even the dealers didn't know where it was. And the manufacturers were doing it surreptitiously to gather data yeah. and learn like from Like for the research car. and things yeah, like that. Research. Yeah, research. But now it's fairly commonplace, and you can pretty much bet your car's got a black box. We just don't know yeah. how intrusive or invasive it is. Alexa, slam but, on the brakes. And the other side of it is <laughs> a lot of that information also is locked away in that computer to where even it. I, as a technician, cannot access it. No. There are only certain people with the, the proper code. computer access that can get in there and connect to talk to it. Or Akio, hackers. Akio, yep. Akio Toyota. Or, uh, yeah, hackers. some of those hackers, yeah. maybe. Yep. No, that's a yep. serious thing. That they, 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 yeah. they exactly can't do true. that. Yeah. Hey, Annie, okay. thanks for the text. Yeah. yeah. We love hearing from you. Now, Stu, have you acquired all of this experience because you have teenagers? <laughs> I, 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 yes. <laughs> all right. So we have, actually, this is the follow-up, and this comes from Joe, who, who had called in about the net profit um, for, for the dealers, and Joe's still a little bit skeptical. I don't and, uh, I, I mean, well, when I hear the number, yeah. I, my boggles yeah, but I, my I, mind. I did make a mistake. I, I was wrong about the net profit. I went back to look. Um, the four hundred and thirty-four dollars a car—that was incorrect. It was that was our monthly figure for December um, for the whole year of twenty eighteen. It was one hundred ninety-eight dollars per car, which I know that Earl doesn't want to hear because that's not very good. But that's where it was. Well, I, I told Joe to come by the dealership. I'll show him our financial no, statement. He can no, do the math himself. Nowhere in the world will you hear this information. I even hate to talk about this information because it sounds Joe doesn't believe it. I can tell and. The average listener probably shouldn't believe it. Here we are talking all the time about being taken advantage of by car dealers, and we're telling you that the net profit on a car is so low. Now, i got to ask Stu a question. I should know this. When we say net profit, that is including all bonuses. Yes. And there's nothing There's nothing yeah. there yeah. that would... This is looking at the, the new car... How about car floor plan assistance? Including that. This is looking at our new car department, for every car that we sold, and you generate a certain amount of gross profit, and yeah. then you pay your salespeople, yeah. you pay your overhead, you yeah. pay your every, everything else. At the end of the day, last year, so we there had, you have it. Yeah. Even a car dealer. Before, uh, well, before before taxes, you only uh, that was before taxes. Before you still taxes. had to pay your yeah. 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 It's it is it is a hard to believe thing that car dealers and many of them lose money in the new car department and they make it up in the used car department and the service department and the parts department the parts department by the way is the money biggest money maker and of course body shops make money not much but uh, the the there's a lot of departments that you can make money in in a car dealership new car department interestingly enough is a very tough place to make make a profit 
But don't go running into a car dealership believing you're going to buy a car and only pay the car dealer a $300 profit. No. That's not going to happen. No, the average gross profit is about $2,000, maybe $1,800. Bucks, so. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We're, so we're all, we're all caught up. Okay, we got some YouTube stuff over yep. here, don't we, Rick? Uh, Remy D is asking, do you really build equity in a lease if you don't use all your miles? Nope. And Frank actually chimed in. He says, Remy, it doesn't change the residual or buyout price, but by using less miles, your car may have a higher market value than the residual value. True. Mm, that's exactly point. right. Yeah. And uh, that's something you should always be aware of. We have a lot of folks in South Florida that put very little uh, miles on the cars, and they'll lease a car. And the leasing company anticipated in a 36-month lease they were going to put maybe 36,000 miles on the car, 1,000 miles a month. And they'll come back with phenomenally low mileage, five, 6,000 miles. Mm. You take a three-year-old car with 6,000 miles on it, uh, what does that jack up the, uh, the uh, appraised value, Sue? For, I'm sorry, I was, I was, I was doing okay. something. <laughs> if, if, a great if, appreciation. Uh, let's take a three-year-old used yeah. car, and this is a general question, yeah. any make model. Three-year-old car uh, that should normally have 36,000 yeah. miles, it's only got 6,000 miles. Throw away the books. What would be the the bump on that? Oh, it'd be huge. Oh, it depends on the car. dollars Oh, at least. I mean, yep. sometimes you get a couple of thousand. But if you have something really low, that's what we say. We say throw out the book on that. It's a one-of-a-kind car. Yep. Yeah. You put all the money in it. So the answer to this text is... Always be acutely aware of a low-mileage car that you own, that you lease, or that you buy. Because when you trade it in or when you turn the lease in, you can't just get that equity out unless you opt for your purchase price, your residual value. And if you can buy it below the market, which chances are you could with ultra-low mileage, you have indirectly built equity. Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you're enjoying this morning and our show. Gosh, so much information. Uh, it, it's just amazing. Uh, and it's free information. So I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope that uh, we're helping you out. Uh, we'd love to have you help us out by giving us a call at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, I'm going to get to Jackie's email that she sent me. And uh, Jackie uh, has a question. Uh, she's actively looking for an SUV. And... Uh, what she has to say here is that uh, it's obvious that there's prejudice every time uh, she goes into a dealership to take a look at the inventory, and uh, they don't treat her very nice. And she says that she's been told by many women that they have had the same experience, the same problem, and they're not taken seriously, and that they should be accompanied by a man. And uh, my response to that, Jackie, is that, you know, there are so, uh, we're moving in a great direction as women, and there are more dealerships out there that are female-friendly, and if you look, you can find them. And if you do your homework before you go to the dealership, um, by going to, into your own your own home, go to your computer, go to the internet. Uh, there's a whole lot of ways of not getting taken advantage of by arming yourself with a whole lot of knowledge. It's easy. Well, thank you, and uh, that's good advice. I would say your biggest uh, concern these days is being ripped off or taken advantage of, male or female. And the car dealers today are mostly 
up to speed on if you treat somebody with disrespect, they'll turn around and leave, which is what you should do, whether you're man, woman, or whatever. When you go into a car dealership, you got to be treated with courtesy. And if they don't treat you courtesy, leave. And uh, most car dealers have figured that out. But the, what they haven't figured out are the hidden fees and some of the other shenanigans like bait-and-switch advertising. Um, I want to talk just briefly about uh, the latest consumer reports, the hidden risk of used cars. And I'm so happy to see consumer reports doing this. They should have done it years ago. Um, we're talking about the Takata airbag recall. You regular listeners are tired of hearing me talk about it. I just want to give you a, a little statistic to let you realize how huge this problem is and uh, the concern this is a the, the graphic of the number of cars on the road I'm going to read this to you that have the defective Takata airbag unfixed now Honda is a leader Honda has 5.8 million cars on the road now used cars 5.8 million Hondas on the road with defective Takata airbags that can kill you explosive shrapnel. If you're going to buy a Honda and it's a used car, go to safercar.gov. Safercar.gov. Buyer beware. The car dealers won't tell you. They don't have to disclose it. They can sell you a car with a hand grenade in it that can blow up and kill you and they don't have to tell you about it. And I've got a whole list here. Second, I we have a caller and we want to get to that caller. Uh, the second most is Chrysler. I didn't realize that. 5.4 million Chryslers. 5.8 million Hondas. And uh Yes. Yeah, so yeah that, that latest uh, consumer report is uh, really amazing. Uh, maybe later on I can get to that uh, article that you and I were talking about last night about that sticky sap that eats right through your paint. Uh, we're going to go to Michelle, who's a first-time caller from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Michelle. Oh, good morning. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. You just won yourself $50, Michelle. Stay on the line oh, and give uh, Rudy your contact information when we're finished. Okay. What can we do for you? Well, I just wanted to say good morning because I was channel surfing and I found you guys. Um, I was telling the gentleman before that I used to listen to my parents click and clack ah. about car talk, and yeah. you guys are now going to replace that for me, so I thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not as good as click and clack, but we try. Well, <laughs> yeah, but at least this place is more contemporary because most of those are on cars that I never had, but... Um, but it was nice to listen to them together discussing all the the, the fallouts and all the um, behind the scenes. But um, yeah, they knew a I lot. <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted to let you know that I did purchase a year and a half ago a used car, 2008 Camry, um, 11,000 miles on it. But again, I, I when you're talking about profits and dealership, I always wanted to make sure that I made the right deal. Hmm. I am happy with the vehicle, but I know with used cars, as you said, it's more of a profit buildup in that. Yes, there's a higher profit made on used cars, but even that is coming down. Yeah. And really, the uh, the digital explosion, the information explosion, benefits the consumers because they can now find out what the value of these vehicles are. Yeah, every car dealer that I know uses some kind of inventory pricing program, and it compares it to like what cars are being sold or at least being offered for sale out, you know, in the in the, in the wider market. And so th there's a concept everybody uses, they call it velocity. In other words, they said, you want to sell them as fast as you can, that's how you're going to wind up better at the end of the day. So used car profits are, are coming, they're, they're a, little, a little bit higher, but they're much closer to the new car profits now. Exactly. 
Uh, Could you recommend in the future that somebody purchases a used vehicle, or do you think that because the profit is there versus in it? Because you know how you say don't buy a used car because as soon as you walk it off the lot, your depreciation value is, you know, again, these are all the things I've heard growing up, and they're like, stay away from used cars. So I kind of did the used car route because I was going back and forth, back and forth. When I found this particular vehicle, I had to jump on it. Well, yeah. uh, you know, if, even if you pay a little bit more for a good vehicle, you'll get a lot of pleasure out of it. Uh, a, yeah. a Camry's got good resale value. When you trade it in or sell it, uh, you'll get a good yeah. price for it, relatively speaking. I, I would recommend it with a used car, I'd recommend you buy it from CarMax or Carvana is a new okay. you know, company that's come uh-huh. online. They sell cars at very reasonable prices. Uh, actually, they're losing money. Uh, they're selling cars at such reasonable prices that Carvana's losing money. CarMax is not losing money, but you walk into a CarMax lot, they have the nearest one to this radio station is in Boynton off of I-95. They have a large inventory of cars. They have uh, car dealerships uh, all over the country. They're computerized so that they can look at an inventory in the Miami store or Orlando store and bring those cars to you. And they have the their lowest price on the vehicle, and they're usually very good prices. But yeah. all things being equal, Michelle, I think a used car is a better buy than a new car. Yeah, that's it's still the same. Just to give you a quick example, of some, like we've had people approach us who bought a car from a dealer and they weren't treated right and they want to know how they get out of the deal. And at the point, it's too late to return the car. So the best case scenario on uh, when you appraise a car that's a brand new car, um, just after you purchase it, it could be a couple of thousand dollars behind the net cost of that car. So that's the depreciation that you're looking at. So buying a used car is still still, still the way to go as long as, as, long as you okay. take all the precautions. Uh, and my last question is this. It's just from a standpoint of new car, used car. And whenever I hear people say, I bought a, a new car, but it had 4,000 miles of the dealership, I've always heard that a, u- a new car should have zero miles on it, brand new, never driven. So what's what's the verbiage is why did they you know what I mean I'm trying to understand that part yeah it's it's crazy the way that works Michelle actually there's I don't I don't ever remember seeing a new car with zero miles. There's somebody drove that car somewhere. Usually comes in with uh, you know five to ten miles. On yeah, them. Uh, they're driven from the time they leave the manufacturer. They drive them off the assembly line, and then they drive them to a truck. Sometimes they're on a boat. Mm-hmm. They come into a port, and then they're uh, driven on a truck down. Car dealers have to are supposed to check the car out and drive it uh, to inspect it. Huge number of cars are what they call dealer traded. You go into one Ford dealership and you're looking for a particular description of car color, and that car dealer, Ford dealer, doesn't have it, but there's one in Orlando. So they will trade cars back and forth. And when that car is, comes from Orlando, it's usually driven. So 100 miles, 200 miles, even 300 miles is not unusual. When you get up to 4,000 miles, as you said, that's unusual. And I would I would be careful of buying a car with thousands of miles on it that they called a new car. Yeah. It should be. They should tell you what the car was used for. Right. And if, most it, manufa- if it's a demo, yeah. Yeah, most manufacturers okay. will give you a bump in war- new car warranty. Uh, I'm not sure where the cutoff goes. If they report it as a as a demonstrator. Yes. So if they just if it's a casual yeah. thing they did and they just drove it around, yeah. if it's if they report to okay. the manufacturer, you have some protection there. Yeah. But if it's if it's listed as a new car, it should be less than a thousand miles. On most buyer's orders, there will be a distinction between a, a new car, used car, and demonstrator. So if they check right. it new, you really shouldn't have more than a you know a few, do, few dozen miles on it. 
Exactly. And, well, thank and, you guys. And you can, you and, so uh, Michelle, you can also say, if you feel uncomfortable, some people say, look, it's a new car. I haven't, I've never bought a new car before, or when I buy a new car, I want to have no miles on them. Then we say to them, well, you can't get no miles, but this mm-hmm. car's got 325 miles. We know how you feel. If you wait, we'll get you one that has only yeah. less than 100 miles on it. So you can make that a contention of your purchase, just like the price. Correct. And you should, if it, if it makes you feel uneasy, that it's got too many miles on it. Yeah, okay. I was just wondering. Thank you again. Great information. Michelle, thanks so much for calling, and uh, spread the no, word. thank you. And uh, tell all your lady friends to give us a call on Saturday morning, and they, too, can win themselves $50. <laughs> Okay. I hope that uh, we were able to help you out. Yes, you are. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Got some more text. Yes, we do. This is amusing. This this came in from Lenny, and Lenny texted the show, oh gosh, a couple of months ago, and we've, behind the scenes, have been carrying on a conversation. So what happened with Lenny is um, he bought a Corolla, and I think it's, uh, well, it's out of state. It's not in Florida. And he uh, he wanted to know if he got a good deal on it. Anyway, so he told me it's a brand-new 2019 Corolla SE, a nice model, and he paid $17,500 out the door. Um, I didn't believe him because that would represent a major loss to whoever sold it because I, I have access to it. But if it's to, outside of Southeast Toyota. No, it's in Southeast Toyota. In Southeast Toyota. Yeah, so I, it's, it's in the Southeast somewhere. It might be North Carolina. Um, but anyway, so I looked at it, and... Lenny, I admit I was skeptical. Um, I made Lenny send me pictures of his buyer's order, the final paperwork, and at the end of the day, he did it. Um, he, he he bought that car, I'm sorry, for 17800 out the door after taxes, after everything, and the dealer had to have lost $1,000, $1,500. I don't have the details in front of me doing that. So uh, Lenny was listening to the conversation. It was, it was in, the Atlanta, in the Atlanta market. Okay, so uh, very aggressive car sales market. Yes. Uh, so Lenny was listening to our conversation on the net profit for dealers, and even after I assured him he got the deal of the century, if not the millennia, uh, he says, I still don't believe the dealer didn't make good money off him. And I just told him, I said, there is no way they made any money on you. I'd bet my life on it. And Do you know tri- what day of the month he bought the car? Uh, what, what day? Lenny, you're listening right now. Uh, what day of the month and what day did you buy the car i can't see the date on your the reason, the reason i ask that question is there's something called stair-step financing that most of the manufacturers or at least um, half of them i'd say uh, in, engage in it's a very very predatory uh, nasty i don't like it process uh, as a car dealer and stair-step financing means that a car dealer has a quota and it could be a 30-day quota it could be a 90-day quota uh, the manufacturers vary it and you will earn towards this, uh, if you hit your quota, you earn so much per car. It could be $100 a car, could be $200 a car, whatever the manufacturer chooses. If you have a volume dealer selling three, four, five hundred 500 cars a month, you can see how that could amass to a lot of money. So let's take a 90-day cycle, and maybe a volume car dealer had an objective of 1,000 cars that he had to sell in 90 days. Uh, let's say the uh, kickback was $200 per car. You accrue $200 on a thousand cars. So that's $200,000 that you get when you sold that thousandth car. If you sell 999 cars, you don't get any money at all. If you sell that thousandth car, you get $200,000. Now, if Lenny happened to be walking in to buy that Corolla from this Toyota dealer, and uh, he was negotiating 
The Toyota dealer could have given them that car, charged them zero, a dollar, and a Toyota dealer would do that in that hypothetical situation. And that is what, that is the reason that car buying is so scary, it is so confusing, not just to the buyers, but confusing to the dealers themselves. Car dealers honestly don't know what their real cost on the car is many times. The manufacturers play a heavy role in the crazy car business that we see today. It's consumer unfriendly, it's car dealer unfriendly, and uh, chaotic is probably the best word to describe it. So, uh, Lenny, I hope you're listening. I'd love to find out that you bought it at the end of the month. He didn't. He bought it on the 13th of March. Oh, well, so, so much for that. Right. So I uh, exhausted myself on that. Well, so, so well, much for that theory. <laughs> well, no, hold on. No, no, no. Uh, March is the th- last month of the first quarter. This is in Atlanta, so this is a Southeast Toyota dealership. Uh-huh. So the the big quarterly incentive that you mentioned, the 90-day one, um, applied. So they could have been, and that represented a ton of money. So yeah. they are clawing for that uh, well, quarterly yeah, that's objective. a good point. So he says, we got two weeks to go, man. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. We turned down no deal. Nobody walks out that door because a quarter million dollars hangs in the balance yeah. to this dealership. Or, or, or more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a caller. We have a caller. Yeah, we have a caller. <laughs> we have another caller from Pennsylvania. Good morning, George. Good morning. From How are Chambersburg, you Pennsylvania. Welcome. Thanks. Hey, I saw on your, uh, I was listening to your podcast, and the lady called in about buying a new car and had a thousand miles on it. Hmm. Um, you said there's a difference between, of course, new, used, and demonstrator. Yes. Well, I had an experience. <laughs> I hate to admit it, almost 40 years ago with a demonstrator, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in the market for a new car. I went to a little mom-and-pop Toyota store in the town near here. They didn't have the large Bobby Ray Hall, which is right up the road from me. Uh, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, So there was a uh, 81 Celica GT. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with it, Yeah, and it had like 4,000 miles on it. And I says, where to get this mile? And the owner says, well, it's a demonstrator. Uh-huh. So I figured it was a demonstrator at this dealership. I bought the, made the deal, bought the car. We went on vacation immediately. When I came back, I sat down to detail it. And I noticed the whole passenger side of the car had orange peel paint and sand marks. Huh. So I went back to the, to the uh, dealer. And I said, hey, listen, I thought you said this was a demonstrator. Yeah, it is. I says, the sides, it's the whole thing's been sideswiped. Why didn't you tell me? Wow. So hmm. they said, we'll get back to you. He called me a few hours later and said, yes, it's a demonstrator. But at that time, the importer for this part of the country was an outfit called Mid-Atlantic Toyota out of Dundalk, Maryland. And it had been an executive demonstrator. Or the head shed. And one of the guy's wives had completely creamed the whole right side of the car. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's that's not uncommon. It was a demonstrator for their body shop. Yeah. (laughs) 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 uh, There's a law in Florida that says a car sold as new or demonstrator uh, 
has to uh, disclose any damage over 1% yeah. of the MSRP. And I'm sure they violated that rule because it sounds to me like that damage was way. I don't know that Pennsylvania has that law, but I believe most states do. You have to disclose damage to a new vehicle beyond a certain amount of damage. But uh, demonstrators, uh, car dealers called anything with miles on it, the, the less scrupulous car dealers, anything that's got miles on it. It might have been a rental car for the dealership. It might have been the wife's, the dealer's wife's car. It might have been the dealer's girlfriend's car. But uh, might have been the dealer's car. They're, they're going <laughs> <they're, laughs> to call it a demonstrator because demonstrator sounds better. And as Stu said earlier, if you register with the manufacturer that it is a demonstrator, <laughs> then they will uh, extend the warranty. I don't know if you remember, I think back in that time, the warranty was only one year, 12,000 miles. Probably uh, they didn't even extend the warranty for you, but nowadays they will if it is really a demonstrator registered with the manufacturer. Yeah, they they more or less told me to hit the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I checked in with the State Consumer Protection Agency, and they are required to disclose to uh, disclose damage. damage. Yeah. yeah, and but they claim they had absolutely no knowledge of this, and they never discovered it. Oh. And I said, well, you got some clown there at the dealership that's supposed <laughs> to check these things when it comes off the truck, and the and the owner says, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, it's 40 years ago. You you really bring back memories. I've been in the business since 1968, and uh, I look back at some of the things I did that I thought was perfectly normal, and uh, it's embarrassing. I I mean, I'm, I have things that I'm ashamed to admit I did uh, back in the 60s and 70s. Everybody did it. Rolling back speedometers, odometers, uh, uh, bait-and-switch advertising, uh uh, just absolutely crazy. So the car business has improved. It just hasn't improved nearly as much as all other retail. But uh, some of the some of the stuff that went on forty or fifty years ago is just mind boggling. Yeah, well, I, I had other problems with the car mechanical stuff. He got so tired of seeing me. He just told me never to come back. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> okay. Well, thank you. For your Call again, please. We love out-of-state calls, right. and uh, thank you very much, George. Especially from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Thanks for the funnies. <laughs> yeah, I just I just told Lenny. Uh, I said I'm. I go. You're my hero, uh, but I'm glad you didn't buy from us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You said keep it positive and upbeat. So. That's right. It's May the fourth. Yes, exactly. Uh, keep, yeah. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us uh, with your thoughts on the Mystery Shopping Report at 772-497-6530. And uh, don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. I didn't mention that earlier. That is very important. Youranonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't Give know who you are, and we won't uh, can't report who you are because we don't know who you are. A lot of people have things they'd like to suggest to us that they'd rather not be identified with. So www.youranonymousfeedback.com. I believe we have a caller. We do. We, uh, we have Marie on the line, and she's calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Marie. Good morning. First, let me say I love your show. I am not a first-time caller. The information you give is, is just so important to all of us, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, my husband and I have a leased car that we're turning in. We would like to buy it back, but the leasing company wants about $20,000 for it. 
Is there any way we can buy the car back for less? No, Marie, I'm sorry. Uh, they are legally prohibited from uh, doing anything with a leased car other than allowing you to exercise your option to purchase at that residual value, and that's a contractual right. You could buy it, but it has to be at that price. They have to take the car to a public auction or car dealer auction and sell it for the to the high bidder. It used to be that uh, these cars were sold back to dealers, and there were uh, shenanigans happening with uh, the people not getting fair prices for the car. So now all leasing companies take their car to the auction or sell it to the lessee at the option price. And I'm so, you can't negotiate the price. Right. Okay, well, now <clears throat> on to step two. So now we're going to go out and buy a new car. Mm -hmm. uh, I've listened to your program, and I know that we should go to three different dealerships, mm -hmm. get prices so that we compare apples to apples. Yes. Now, do we contact Costco? Do we go on Costco.com, their website, first? So yes. that we deal with the Costco person at the dealership, or should we just go in, you know, with my little old hat and look like a little old lady and, and talk to somebody to get some idea of what they charge? You, what do we you, do? You positively go to Costco. One most important thing you can do on the Costco auto buying program is go directly by their instructions. Go to their website, costcoautobuying.com, and uh, put your membership number in. Uh, put the, your zip code in that you will give give you the dealers that are participating members in the Costco Auto Buying Program. It will also give you the certified representatives for each dealership. And when you have that information, and I'm assuming by this time that you know exactly what car you want to buy. You should know the year make model. You should know the options and equipment and know exactly the MSRP of that car. So you now have the MSRP is a Apple versus Apple. You always know you're comparing the exact same car when you get different prices. When you go into the when you go into the Costco dealership, you get the Costco membership representative by name. If he's not there, don't speak to anybody else. If it's his day off, come back the next day. Call in advance. Mm -hmm. And also, when you call in advance, I would highly recommend that you. Talk to that Costco auto member representative and get the Costco price over the phone. This saves you a lot of aggravation. Insist really? that he go to the Costco sheet and give you the price over the phone. He says, yeah, I want you to come in, argue with him a little bit. Say, listen, I want to see the price <laughs> over the phone first. That price should be the lowest price they sell that car for to anyone. And they have a dealer fee, probably. They probably have dealer-installed accessories. Find out what those are and add those to that Costco price. If they won't give it to you over the phone, shame on them. At that point, I'd call Costco and report them. If, wow. If, if, now, then I'd go into the dealership as a last resort, but armed with all that information. Okay, now, where do I get this information? Just Do I go on the computer and start just looking at cars and, and finding things out? Oh, so you haven't decided what car you want to buy yet? Well, we either want a Toyota Highlander or we want a Jeep, one of the two. Okay. Do you, do, okay, uh, Stu? Yeah, on the CostcoAuto.com, um, you can search any car, any new car out there, and you just select the uh, year, um, make, model, and the, you know, the, the level, the model, the trim level uh, yeah. for the car. 
and then it will in your zip code, and it's going to find the clo closest dealer to you, the um, closest authorized dealer. Um, and they're all associated with the Costco warehouse. Yeah, so. Good point. Uh, Nancy, you had a point. Um, Maria, uh, I have to take advantage of Consumer Report that I'm always pushing, and uh, it, that's an am amazing uh, bit of information. It's a great way to get started, and there's a lot of reviews, a lot of ratings, and uh, it's going to help you out tremendously. So, as Stu and Nancy said, wonderful. You can get you you can you can go to different dealers by putting in different make model cars. I just was concerned that you had it. If you got narrowed down to two, that's fine. Uh, you you don't want to be too loosey goosey when you're talking to a car salesman about cars. That's where they make their money is when they get you to switch to a different vehicle yeah. from the one that you've already researched. But with a, if you stick with the Costco Auto Buying Program. Every car they have in inventory should be, or most all of them, should be on their price list. And if you buy it at that price and you get the disclosure of the dealer installed options and the dealer fee added to that price, it should be a good price. Wonderful. Now, the, you just mentioned a little while ago about timing when you buy the car. Um, <clears throat> our lease is up June 15th. Should we try to buy it like the end of May? Uh, all things being equal, you'll get a a lower price on average at the end of the month. Uh, you should do all your research well in advance. Uh, if your okay. lease is up, you say in June 15th? Correct, uh, yes. yeah. Yeah, I would, sometimes the leasing company will extend the lease yeah. for you for a couple of weeks. Uh, I wouldn't let that push you. I, I would say, may, I'd like to keep the car, you can... You can go uh, month to month. Month to month. And that way it gives you plenty of time. And then if you go month to month, do your research during the month and then exercise your going there to sign on the dotted line at the end of the month. You can you can get prices while you're shopping during the month, but just don't sign on the dotted line till the end of the month, too. And also just be aware that when you signed your lease, you made your first payment that day. So you've already paid that last month, so you might as well get your money's worth. <laughs> don't turn it in too early. Too early, exactly. Don't turn it in early. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you again. <clears throat> we love your show, my husband and I. You have a great day. You Thank too. you, Mary. Give us a call again. Let us know what happened. Uh, 877-960-9960. And uh, as I said earlier, you we, can text us. Uh, with we got three texts here. With and your, we're uh, out of time because we've got the with, uh, mystery shopping report. With so your... With your rating on the Mystery Shopping Report, 772-497-6530. Now we're going to go to Stu. Rick's got a few piled up on YouTube. Okay. Well, we got we got one here that I, I, I love this one because we're in such a fun, positive mood today. <laughs> Dino Cardella is asking, in your opinion, what is the best car sales movie ever made used cars used hands cars. down <laughs> boom okay, yeah. next question kurt russell yeah, i remember that one it was awesome all right this is a, a quick one uh, this is from uh, sue on our facebook live stream this is probably for rick it says well leaving my car running in park for an hour plus harm the car uh no not really no it just a waste of gas yeah you're, you're just using gas up but next. no Okay. The next one uh, is from, uh, well, we had answered her question earlier, um, and it was about leasing, uh, but she s wanted to know, she says, um, she wants to know what happens at the end of the lease. I already answered her on that about uh, releasing or paying a disposition fee, um, but she wanted to know, um, they, on her lease, she traded in a 2006 Honda CRV. They gave them $2,600, and they wanted a 1000 more from her. 
why she says how much why so much money down for leasing and where does that money go and i think that's a great great question well sure uh the more money down uh and the more uh you, if you trade a car in it lowers the payment and it also allows them uh, a greater leeway to make greater More profit, profit. Correct. and oftentimes they undervalue your trade-in in a lease and uh and you, for some reason, people don't think about the fact when they put $10,000 down, it has a huge uh, yes. lowering of the payment effect, and but it just doesn't lower it as much as it could, Correct. and that means more profit to the dealer. And um, the, the thing is, you don't get that money back. You're not building equity in the car, no. so that doesn't benefit you. Now, on the flip side, real quick, on you, you're not exposed to, like big depreciation events such as a wreck. So if you wreck the car and it's fixed, you don't suffer that depreciation. The leasing company does. But still, it's a, it's a risky business. And if you're not fully comfortable and confident going on a lease, buy the car. Are we caught up on text? It's 940. Yep. And uh, let's get to the Mystery Shopping Report, which is our uh, main event. And people stay on, stay on, just to get to this Mystery Shopping Report. We shopped... Uh, the largest Lexus dealer in the world. Yep. Everybody says they're the largest something in the world. This is really the largest Lexus dealers. JM Lexus. JM stands for Jim Moran. Jim Moran used to own the Toyota dealership. Now it's a state. I mean, distributorship for the Southeast United States. And the Jim Moran estate now owns JM Lexus, and they sell a lot of Lexus. Uh, two years ago, uh, JM Lexus joined the Lexus Plus program. It's a pilot initiative that began with a handful of Lexus dealers that sought to revamp the luxury dealership experience with a promise of fixed transparent pricing and a single point of contact with customers. Basically, Lexus is trying to introduce a one-price selling model. One price is a negotiation-free process that promises a fair discounted price without the need for haggling. The idea is to offer complete transparency in a less stressful and drawn-out way. It's a, it's a uh, process that every other retailer in the world has adopted except car dealerships. So this sounds like it's a, a breakthrough in uh, w- w- retail, but it's just catching up. But Kellogg's has been doing it for 200 years. Exactly. The one-price selling model is older than you may think. Uh, and uh, speaking for myself, I tried it out at Stuart Pontiac back in 1990, and it didn't work. It just about went, uh, drove me out of business. It was it was terrible. Uh, put one price, lowest price on all the Pontiacs, and I was losing money hand over fist. It didn't work. And that's another story. I can tell you why that some other show. But uh, it just wasn't, it hadn't found its time and acceptability yet. Uh, it wasn't until 2012 when I had sold the Pontiac store a long time ago, and we tried it at uh, the Toyota dealership, and it's been working uh, since 2012 mm-hmm. for for me. Lexus Plus adds a modern twist to the one price by adding a one-person or single point-of-contact component. This means that customers uh, will deal with only one person during the transaction. They don't have to mess with sales managers, uh, closing managers, F&I managers, you know, the game playing that you go through when you go into almost any car dealership. With a single point of contact, uh, one person, uh, calls itself a sales manager at GM Lexus. Uh, No desk manager, no closing manager, no F&I manager. 
confusing to the customer, confusing to the dealership, really. And this sounds like a great idea. I love it. Mm-hmm. In our experience, mystery shopping, hundreds of car dealers in all over Florida. You missed a very important part there. Ah, very important. Lexus Plus also makes another promise to the customers of its participating dealers. No hidden fees. Remember that. Yeah. No hidden fees. Um, we mystery shop hundreds of car, car dealers. Uh, a lot of them claim that they're one price, but they really don't do it. And we've talked to the ones that say they're pretty much one price, and we don't even know what that means. Right. Uh, the ones that say they're one price aren't one price. We've said, do, can we get a better price? Well, we're yeah. pretty much one price. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they use the phrase, sadly, to get you in the door. They do the same thing with uh, dealer fees, too, by the way. Uh, they'll say no dealer fees, but they really have dealer fees. You, you really can't trust almost any car dealer. Uh, anyway, we, we know and respect JM Lexus. They've been around a long time. They're very honest. Uh, it's a prototype kind of a, it's like a, it's like a lesson in how cars are sh- should be sold. They've always been head and shoulders a bit. All my friends I know that want to buy a Lexus, I say go to GM Lexus yeah. to buy it. So we decided to mystery shop them. And full disclosure, you're a customer. I'm a customer. <laughs> I bought a Lexus. I bought several Lexus yeah. from GM Lexus. Here's a report. Speaking of the first person, I didn't really go in there. Uh, is Agent Thunder. I arrived at the palatial, and it is palatial, J.M. Lexus and Margate. Uh, I, I thought Coconut Creek. Margate, Coconut Creek. Margate. It's pretty Margate, close. Yeah. Just around 11 a.m., and per my mission orders, began to explore the lot. On target, my target vehicle was a Lexus RX 350. It's their midsize SUV, and I found a row of them quickly, a huge volume. They have a lot of cars in stock. A lot of cars. I wandered between the vehicles by myself for a few minutes until I was approached by a salesperson named David. David said hello. We introduced ourselves. After a minute of small talk, David asked if I would like to come inside. I agreed, and as we walked to the showroom, he asked if I'd like to anything to drink, water, soda, espresso. I said I'd love an espresso, and as soon as we went in, David made me an espresso in a nifty-looking espresso machine. He escorted me to his desk. We sat down. David began to tell me about what made JML, JM Lexus, Jim Moran Lexus different. He explained that he would be my only point of contact during the whole process. Uh, There wouldn't be any back and forth or sales managers coming in to close the deal. He went on to say that I wouldn't be handed off to anyone, no other salespeople or F&I managers. He said that a JM Lexus, his title and all the other salespeople were sales managers. David talked about how GM Lexus genuinely cared about the customers and they wanted to provide a completely different experience than other car dealerships. He talked about trust and transparency. He said he was trained in all aspects of the transaction, including finance. I was impressed that usually when we get in there, the uh, bombardment of qualifying questions, the, you know, are you financing, fill this out, didn't happen here. Mm -hmm. They talked about what he was going to experience um, that day. Yeah. Uh, no trial closes, no nonsense. Okay. Uh, David went on to explain pricing and said they use historical sales and availability to help determine how they establish their one price. And he also said they did not have dealer fees of any kind. You know, one price, and at our dealership, I don't like to talk about my dealership, but 
I, I hammer them all the time to say, don't you say one price, say our lowest, lowest. price. Uh, ironically, uh, Toyota uh, prohibits us from advertising the lowest price, but we can't say our, our lowest, lowest price. price. Yeah. So, the, so the thing you need to remember when you're going into someone that professes to have one price, just be sure that one price is their lowest price. I mean, otherwise, what's the point, mm. right? We like to give lowest you our, our one highest price. Exactly. Uh, David went, uh, moved on to business, asked me what I was interested in getting. I told him I wanted to buy a new RX350, uh, preferably silver. I said I was interested in a few options, including some safety upgrades like auto braking. Uh, Dave scrolled through a computer screen, showed me a silver one with an MSRP of 52000 $725. He described the options it had and asked if it was what I was looking for. I said it was. David went on to talk about the car, basically giving me the vehicle presentation of features and benefits while we sat at his desk. A nice touch, considering how hot it was and muggy outside, he offered to go get the car and show me. He left, returned after a few minutes, and led me outside. He showed me around the car and the controls. We took it for a test drive. The ride was pleasant. David was polite and engaging. He did a great job building rapport uh, between us. Back inside, David asked me how I liked it. I said I loved it. He asked if I was planning to purchase today, and I told him I was hoping to get something to take with me to show my wife uh, before making my final decision. I, I told him, I'd uh, been to Palm Beach, Lexus, and didn't have a great time there. Uh, this is interesting, because usually this is when you, you hit the wall. Yeah. You're not going to buy the car. Uh, you're not going to make a decision today. Uh, yeah, things turn at that point. Yeah, it's just things get messy. David said, David said, that would be fine. It's okay that I go home and show my wife. Uh, he'd get me whatever I needed to take home to review with my wife. He said there was no pressure. Everything was entirely up to me. Folks, this is the way Very it should nice. be. Mm -hmm. The way it should be. Yeah. We returned to his desk, and David began working on his computer. He angled the screen. That was impressive. It is. Angled the screen so I could see everything he was doing. Uh, it looked like a manager's only screen. That was. That is something that, you know, for years, I, eyes only, mm -hmm. for the manager, for yeah. the salesman. Unheard of. Things like true cost and... and uh, uh, F&I, yeah. all the secret stuff that car dealers don't want you to know about. David asked if I was paying cash, financing, or leasing. Fair question. I said I wanted to finance, and I planned to put $10,000 down. I said I had really good credit and asked what kind of a rate to expect. He said with good credit, I'd qualify for the 0.9, 9 tenths of a percent, 0.9% program from Lexus. And remember, folks, if it's a manufacturer's program, it's legit. Yep. It's a dealer program, probably not. I said that sounded good. David renewed my numbers. He discounted the MSRP by $5,686, giving me a sale price of 47039 He had a sales tax. Now, I just remembered something. There was no addendum label on the car. Was there Toyo Guard on the car? No, they don't offer that with uh, Lexus. There was an addendum label, by the way, but it was for window tent on that on that window particular tent. car. Yeah. Okay, window tent. I wonder if the window tent. But it was for a hundred and sixty bucks, which is well, you would pay for window tent. So. Anyway, okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, he added sales tax, a legitimate uh, Florida tire and battery fee, six dollars mm -hmm. and fifty cents, and 
here's the surprise. Drum roll, please. Little, Sorry, Rudy, you were it's ready. A big surprise. <laughs> it's right. a big surprise, but it's a little <laughs> surprise. Uh, $59 electronic registration filing fee. Hmm. So I asked David what the deal was with the electronic filing fee. I asked him if that was a dealer fee. He said it wasn't a dealer fee. Hmm. Hmm. I asked him if he was sure. He replied that it, the, this electronic uh, reg, fi, re, electronic registration filing fee used to be $200, and they reduced it to $59, and it's just $59, and it's legitimately used to pay for electronic filing. I, now, what we have here is a salesperson that doesn't understand. I do not believe that this was premeditated. <clears throat> Uh, I think that he really believed this. Yeah. We know that the electronic filing fee costs less than $59. And uh, this is something J.M. Lexus needs to work on. But it's, it's so small, 59 bucks. Why do they do it? Yeah. Uh, uh, carelessness. Anybody been carelessness. He asked if I had any questions, and I said, I just wanted to know what my payment would be with the $10,000 down and the nine-tenths of a percent. He said he'd get a payment worksheet for me along with a buyer's order to take home. He said he needed to run to the finance office to print everything. I asked him if there was a, uh, a finance manager, and he said they have a finance director and that he, he deals with the bank. David reminded me that it would be him who would do my final paperwork and review warranties and things like that with me. David was only gone for a few minutes before returning with a worksheet and the buyer's order. The worksheet showed that my payment would be $684 with $10,000 down, and that's a nine-tenths of a percent, beautifully low interest rate for 60 months. I scanned the sheet for any hidden charges. The only thing I saw was the e-filing fee. The buyer's order lined up exactly as David had reviewed earlier on the computer. I thanked him and left my left him with buy, buy documents. Uh, for my wife. I had spent a little more than an hour, short time. Uh, and that's it, folks. Uh, I've got the buyer's order here. And interestingly enough, on the buyer's order, <coughs> the fine print is too, too small for you to read, but that's what it looks like. And I'm going to read uh, the point where they had the electronic registration filing fee of $59. They have an asterisk, and the asterisk says, these charges represent cost and profit to the dealer but for items such as inspecting, clearing, cleaning, and adjusting vehicle and preparing documents related to the sale. Sounds very familiar. And that is the legal disclosure required mm -hmm. for the dealer fee. Yep. So the salesman was asked if that was a dealer fee. He said no. JM Lexus advertises no dealer fees, but in the fine print, they tell you they do have a dealer fee. This is just a mistake. And even the biggest Lexus dealer in the world can make a mistake. So I... We want to help him out. We want to help him out. Yeah. And we are going to help him out. You're going to make a phone call on Monday. Yeah, I will. I, I know the folks at JM yeah. Lexus. I bought my last Lexus from JM Lexus, and they didn't charge me an electronic filing fee. No, we just checked your buyer's order. That might not be. Uh, that might not be. They, they knew better. 
<laughs> well, they do. It's a joke because for years I've been buying Lexus, and then when they did charge a dealer fee, they used to charge it, yeah. and I would call the head guy down there, yeah. and I would say, well, you sell me the car without the dealer fee, and he would laugh and say, sure. So there you are. Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting. We're going to vote now yeah. on JM Lexus. The well, biggest we have, Lexus dealer in the world. Yeah, we have some we, we have some grades coming in, and uh, it's almost unanimous. We have Linda on Facebook live feed. Oh, is that supposed to be a drum roll? <laughs> that was the worst drum roll I ever heard in my life, Rudy. Okay. Got our attention. Next week, <laughs> I thought something was going wrong. All right, uh, Linda gives him a fabulous A plus. Uh, Gay gives him an A. Leon gives him an A. Melissa gives him an A, and Anne gives him an A plus. And I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to concur with this uh, sentiment. I'm giving them an A. Nancy? Jim Moran, what can I say? I miss him. Yeah. Great guy. Great dealership. A+. plus. Class act. A. Yeah. I'll give him an A. I'm not giving them an A+, plus because of that little teeny glitch there. Yeah. But let me tell you something. If you want to buy a Lexus, there you go. buy your Lexus at JM Lexus. I would I would fly from Kentucky to buy a car from JM Lexus. Mm -hmm. And now remember this, we didn't do this, we probably should have, but we should probably take the price on that RX350, call Palm Beach Lexus, and see if we can get an out-the-door price that will beat it. One good thing about a one-price dealer, there's two good things about a one-price dealer, you're probably going to get a good price, because if he doesn't put a good price <laughs> on his cars, he's not going to sell any cars. But you can also take that good price and maybe get a better price from another Lexus dealer. So, Or you could be appreciative of the incredible experience they give you and give the one price dealer the And do it business. anyway. Yeah. But I'm not an altruistic <laughs> person, and uh, I would shop and compare even JM Lexus. Not all these fat cats buying Lexuses. Oh, well, you're right. For, <laughs> and, and, and fat cats don't care about the $59 electronic right. filing fee, do yeah. they? But yeah. it's the principle of the thing. It's a moral. Yeah. Rick? Frank on YouTube gives an A also. Huh. Yeah. So, there you have it, folks. Uh, the highest score ever received ever. by a car dealership. Without a doubt. Yeah. Ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, we uh, salute JM Lexus. We salute uh, all the employees down there. Yep. Jim Dunn, Ed Sheehy. Jim Dunn, Great yeah. job. Yeah, we don't restrict ourselves either. We have we have shopped other luxury brands. We Infinity. Have. Oh, yeah. Acura. Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, have we ever sent anyone over to, like, the Jaguar yeah, or we, yeah, we did, uh, McLaren? Yeah, we did Jaguar up in store. They did terrible. <laughs> I, w I, would l I would love to see Agent Thunder go into the McLaren place down there on Okeechobee, you know, where the big Jaguar dealership is. If, if only we could videotape Agent Thunder getting in and out of a McLaren, one of those supercars. <laughs> That would be awesome in itself. Well, Agent Thunder's a svelte guy. He, he, he could slip it out pretty easily. <laughs> hey, but how he's how also kind of tall. How are we doing so on time? And, Two minutes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, surprise. Uh, some Saturday, you are going to hear from a female who did a mystery shop. Uh, I know that uh, you're all anxious in waiting, and uh, <coughs> Stu promised me. I have it. I have it lined up. And I uh, got sick this week. I have an excuse. We're, we're rolling you up. Poor Stu, he, he had some, well, I had, I had poor the baby. I had the Jersey Mike's flu. Oh, sorry. 
Ter- just kidding. No, I love Jersey Mike's. Terrible. <laughs> uh, I want to thank uh, Jonathan and uh, Rudy for, you know, all the yes. work they do right back, uh, right beside us in the control room. And uh, they really hold things together. And from all of us here at Earl Stewart on Cars, we want to thank you for tuning in because, as I always say, you make the show. Have a great weekend.